0: Hi, welcome to episode 553 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and my superhero name, when I eventually gain superpowers, and I know I will, sometime, some way, someday, my superhero name will be Black Llama. I just love that name, Black. I'm the Black Llama. I just have to find a radioactive llama. In every episode of The Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of The Fantastic Four, starting with Issue 1 and going all the way to Issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four 553 from March 2008, Epilogue, Chapter 3, The End by Dwayne McDuffie and Paul Pelletier. I think it's Pelletier. So, we've reached the end of the road for the McDuffie-Pelletier run, and we start with a Doc Brown-style chalkboard diagram of time travel theory. We start with the past, which leads into now, which leads into the future. One unbroken line, like a river floating only in one direction. And an early theory of time travel figured it was like traveling on a boat up and down the river. But earlier time travelers learned that time travel would create divergent timelines, leaving the original timeline unchanged. So I could go back in time and kill my grandfather before I'm born, but that would only create a new and better timeline. So in the end, going to the past to change the future is futile. Which brings us to our story, where Doom, 2083, has traveled back in time to stop Reed Richards from implementing his so-called Plan 101. And then the Fantastic Four, of 2083 have traveled back in time to stop Doom 2083 from stopping Fantastic Four 2008 from implementing Plan 101. Reed from 2008 reminds the older Doom that trying to change the past will only create an alternate timeline. Doom asks if he can't change the future why is he in the past and why did the future of Fantastic Four follow him? He says that the past can be changed But only Doom has the will to change it. Old Thing puts his hand on Old Doom's shoulder and says, it's time to send him back to prison. But Doom zaps him, yelling, unhand me. This ray, it turns Ben back into his human form, where he's a chubby, balding old man. I guess now, he would like to be a rock monster again. Ben from 2008 sees this and says, you mean... I can be cured? Well, yes, you can be cured, you dumbass. How do we know this? Because you've been cured like several times and every time you chose to go back to being the thing. Sue 2083 tells younger Ben that in the future, he'll be able to change back and forth from being the thing at will. Current Reed tells the older FF not to get Ben's hopes up. There, There are timelines and it could be a different timeline where Ben has that ability. Old Ben turns back into the thing, while the old FF discuss the fact that at this point in time, in 2008, Reed Richards is at his all-time untrustworthiness. Doom 2083 says to Reed to go ahead and kill him if he wants to, and then Reed can rule the world. So there's some discussion about whether or not to kill Doctor Doom, but no one's going to kill Doctor Doom. But They do have to figure out whether or not Doom 2083 is telling the truth. Will Reed really turn into an egotistical power-hungry jerk after implementing Plan 101? Sue says, no, that's not who Reed is. Doom asks, after everything that's occurred, you still believe in him? And he calls her naive. Sue says that she knows Reed as well as she knows herself, and she knows how far he'll go. Yeah, imprisoning his friends in the Negative Zone, and creating evil killer clones, he will go pretty far. Old Sue points out that she's known and understood Reed since she was 12 years old. I don't know why they have to keep mentioning the whole 12-year-old thing. It's creepy. Doom insists that Reed will go bad after turning Earth into a utopia. And really, that seems like a small price to pay. I'd rather have a leader who turns into an egotistical lunatic after making this world a great place instead of a leader who promises to make the world great, but has no idea how to do it, and is already a raving egotistical lunatic. Reed2083 says, they've had enough of this, it's time to go home. But Doom insists that future Reed wants to kill him, and he requests asylum from the present-day Fantastic Four. He says he wants protection from the tyrant Reed Richards, who wants to silence the one remaining voice of dissent. The only person on the FF who might be buying what Doom is selling, is Reed himself. He thinks he might actually be capable of becoming an egotistical tyrant. He has the capability to go full Trump, which is scary in a smart guy like that. He tells the rest of the team to listen to Doom for now, just in case. He tells the FF of 2083 that until he learns the truth, the Doom of 2083 is under his protection. The Thing of 2083 says by accident, that they need to stop the Doom of 2083 before he seals this timeline. He wasn't supposed to say that. Not sure what that even means, but now the old fogey FF are going to take Doctor Doom by force. Old man Johnny flames on, and the fight between the two Fantastic Fours ensues. Younger Ben wonders how the older Ben got so strong. Advanced steroids of the 2080s, I suppose. Old man Johnny, he's burning so hot, he's blue. He takes on the younger Johnny, and somehow, just by saying flame off, old Johnny is able to turn the young Johnny's flames off. You know, I don't think the phrase flame on and flame off are part of Johnny's powers. It's just a catchphrase, he says. It's kind of like when Ben Graham puts his fist together and says, thing ring, do your thing. Does he really need to say that to activate his thing ring? Probably not, but it sounds good. So I'm not sure how older Johnny did what he did to younger Johnny, and it's just not explained. Old and young Reed's are stretching around each other, duking it out. 2008 Reed speculates that old Reed is trying to preserve his timeline, because, you know, it's his timeline, why wouldn't you want to preserve your own timeline? I would. Actually, I kind of wouldn't. If I could live in an alternate reality, I would! An alternate reality where- an alternate reality where- uh, reality TV shows don't exist. For some reason, Doom wants young Reed to shut up, and he zaps him with a ray. I thought he wanted Asylum from the young Fantastic Four. That's not a good way to go about getting it. So the two invisible women, I guess I should call them the Invisible Women, turn their attention to Doctor Doom, and they pin him to the wall with a force field. Young Sue asks young Reed, or I guess I should say the younger Reed, he's not really young, you figured it out, haven't you?" she asks. Reed says he has figured out most of it. The old versions of the Fantastic Four are their correct future selves, they're not from an alternate future. And it's Doom that's trying to change the past. Doom is like, Uh, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell ya. I'm trying to prevent Reed's madness from destroying the future. What a weird three-part story this is. Doom shows up in part one, And all three parts have been Doom trying to convince the Fantastic Four that there's some kind of horrible future he's trying to prevent. Did it have to be three parts? It's really just one long scene that goes on for three issues. It's like these three issues have been dragged out just to give Miller and Hitch a time to get a head start on their run. And then Sue asks Doom again what the world is like where he comes from. And suddenly, he admits, "Paradise." It's paradise. What? Why did he suddenly admit the truth? Oh, because there's only three pages left and they gotta wrap this baby up. Doom says that Reed has made the world a perfect place with his scientific achievement. It's safe and prosperous. People live longer and there's no more war. But the one thing he doesn't answer is, did Reed bring back our factory jobs? Huh, did he? Doom admits that everyone loves Reed and it should have been him. He should have been the world's savior. So Reed and Reed have no idea what to do with Doom of 2083. So they decide to send him to an alternate reality, one where the Hulk killed all the superheroes, thus giving Doom a chance to remake that world however he wants. Reed calls this a situation where everybody wins, but what about the people who now have to live under Doom's tyranny, huh? What a strange thing uh, for them to do. Why don't they just send his ass back to Platform 42? So they send Doom away, and then the old FF say goodbye to the uh, current FF, and they go back to the future, leaving the Fantastic Four of 2008 alone and pondering what to do next. Now the rest of the Fantastic Four are down with Plan 101, to make the world a better place, and they're ready to get started immediately. Sue asks how many people do they need to start changing the world, and Reed replies, four. Such a great ending, I love that. And that brings the McDuffie and Pelletier run, a very short run, to its conclusion. It's so short it hardly qualifies as a run. It's like they were the guest artist and guest writer. But I think it was probably supposed to be longer. But when Miller and Hitch said they wanted to do the Fantastic Four, I bet Marvel was like, uh, pack your bags, McDuffie and Pelletier. Pelletier. I guess I could look that up on Google and see if it's true. It's hard information to find because McDuffie unfortunately passed away a few years later, and I can't find any interviews where he discusses his time on the Fantastic Four. If anyone knows of one, you can send me a link. So overall, I'd have to say that the run was very successful. McDuffie did an excellent job of navigating the mess that was Civil War, trying to explain away Reed's behavior, and rehabilitating his character, and steering the book in the right direction for the future. All the characters were handled very well, and I love the idea of putting Black Panther on the team, The Panther is a classic Lee Kirby Fantastic Four character, and I would have liked to have seen him on the book longer. If Reed ever leaves the Fantastic Four again, if the Fantastic Four ever returns, the Panther would be a great replacement. The inclusion of Storm, on the other hand, I'm kind of lukewarm on. I mean, she was married to the Panther at the time. So, what are you gonna do? It's like when I see Wolverine in the Avengers. It's just weird to see any of the X-Men heavy hitters on other superhero teams other than the X-Men. And the one full storyline that McDuffie did do, with Galactus and the Silver Surfer and the Frightful Four, has a wonderful, epic scope that befits the world's greatest comic book superhero team. This final three-part story, on the other hand, uh, it's not that great. I mean, it's really just stretching out. It really should not be three issues long. And finally, the work of Paul Pelletier, Paul Pelletier, I really love his artwork. He's one of my favorite current artists, by the way. He's got a very recognizable style of his own. And he's a solid storyteller. And he's clearly one of those comic book artists that draws old school. He ain't tracing photographs off his computer. Unlike some artists we will see later. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Then I fly back to my nest. I fly back with my nuclear. But everything is different. So I wait. My yearn for home is broadened. Patriotism expands.